the cream ale, the beer that don't give a damn about its bland reputation. <laughs> we delve into this style, see what brought this beer into the world, and why it continues to be a fixture on the beer scene. So come in and have a drink. Show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany V. Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. And I'm Casey Price. Let me just say Brittany deserves a nice big standing belly clap for a good intro read. <laughs> like, as I hit the microphone as I was reading it, I was like, seriously? <laughs> she was that enthused. Yeah. Flailing about. Yeah. Slapping the microphone. <clears throat> ah, by the way, Don't Give a Damn About Their Bland Reputation is the name of my Five for Fighting cover band. <laughs> Okay. Good job. <laughs> so how is everybody? Swell. <laughs> oh. That's convincing. Casey's enthused. Uh, not not so much apparently. Oh no. <laughs> You're like kill me. Swell. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I've been pretty good. Uh, what's not not been a whole lot going on other than uh, Game of Thrones came back on and we've uh, oh. gotten too drunk watching it. Hmm. Oh, yes. And as Tom Merritt liked to say, they brought us to the candy store. Oh, Brian Brushwood. Oh, it was, yeah. It was Schwood. Uh, yeah. They just brought us to the candy store and just gave us free candy. That, that was, <laughs> In that, that first was, five minutes. Yeah. Like, welcome yeah. to the candy store. Here's some candy. And you're like, oh, yes, I, I remember. I love candy. <laughs> yeah. No. And you okay. thought you weren't. I'm sure someone tuned into this thinking like, all right, no. I'm saying get away from all of the Game of Thrones discussion. Son of a bitch. Not going to no. go in depth. Look, no spoilers here. Just to say, no. like, we are into it. We watched the first episode and loved it. Period. And that I have, for years now, enjoyed Game of Thrones which, uh, with a glass of, a glass or two of scotch. <laughs> I may have come immediately after a podcast recording and started watching. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I may have been hung over at work. I have yeah. no doubt. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> was like, hey, how you feeling today? I need all of the water. <laughs> I need all the water. Some ibuprofen for you to shut up and go away. <laughs> <laughs> That's how today's yeah. going to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, watched some Game of Thrones. We finally got to see Spider-Man. Mm. A full two weeks. Spider-Man's. Yeah, the Spider-Man's after it came out. Um, very good. Uh -huh. Yeah, I loved it. It's, it's the first MCU movie where it's just been, it was pure joy and fun. Hmm. I, don't know, I, I I've I've had a lot of joy out of a lot of them, I, but I I have uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I think it's better than than the Sam Raimi stuff. I think. Yeah. Well, uh, but Sam I haven't Raimi... watched that in years to really hold it up. I I get more 
more uh, I get more critical of that in in time. So I may do the same thing to this too. Yeah. Okay. Spider-Man Two with Sam Raimi. I loved that one. Yeah. I granted I've not gone back and watched it in quite some time, but I absolutely loved it. I would watch, whenever it would come on FX and they would just run it basically for a day straight. I would just watch it on loop over and over again. Mm-hmm. But the Amazing Spider-Mans they did, those were just god awful and. It had moments, but it was an uneven film. I didn't watch the second one. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't th- these are the Andrew Garfield films I'm talking about. Not yeah, 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 I didn't yeah. watch that. The second one of that, where they introduced the Sinister Six, which they have promptly started to do in the, the new one as well. Yeah, well. <sighs> so yeah, yeah uh, we went to Nerdtacular. Uh, hopefully you've caught that episode it was a lot of fun that was casey debuting his new beer science episodes beer science oh yeah it was very informative and very fun pretty cool ideas for the future of that too Mm -hmm. Hmm. nice the most disgusting beers we've ever had Mm -hmm. oh my god like literal literal poop some some of them were (laughs) some of them were okay like the ones that um and then some of them were poop yeah (laughs) Like okay, the the ones that made it taste more like a sour, but in a good way, were fine. <laughs> and then like, what was the one? So Waffleophagus said that the one um, smelled like um, an elevator at DragonCon. <laughs> Which was like, huh? Doesn't make me want to go to <laughs> yeah, DragonCon ever. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just say no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then we did a bottle share, and Waffle brought a homebrew that he was like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm just looking to offload it, and then we tried it, and it was, I loved it. Yeah, it was really good, actually. It, it there, you know, I, I think it was, was it? I mean, there was something about the carbonation that I thought was strange. He, he thought but, it was overcarbed, and it was, but yeah. it was because he did a fest beer, and he didn't like how it was turning out, so he dumped a ton of apple pie spice. I think is what he said mm-hmm. into it, and it just made it like a winter warmer. Which I was like, you know what? It's the middle of well the start of summer and we were up at a ski resort and i was like i'll take a fest beer slash winter warmer <laughs> yeah oh and you know we had the embarrassment of riches of everyone uh everyone showing off what they brought yeah yeah uh we'll continue to bring that up uh nick bringing the biggest best selection <laughs> of firestone <laughs> walker that we've ever seen like, like holy a champion. Yeah. Between Nick and, and Amos, um, we were just like, holy crap. Yeah, they, they really... Yeah, the guys from Ritual Misery podcast uh, dropped by for the bottle share that was after the episode. Had a blast with that. And I gotta say, I guess it's kind of become my tradition that, because Scott Johnson's obviously the man in demand at Nerdtacular, the you only... encounter him in the bathroom? The <laughs> only minute and a half I ever have with him is when our Johnsons, as to say, are in our hands. And it's just like, could you, could you not talk to me while my penis is in my hand? Thank you. Like, I mean, it's a very strict rule for me. Yeah, it's, that's, that's a urinal rule. Like, you, I mean, when it's, it's in your it's hands. It's like the unused urinal with three guys. and <laughs> You saddle up next to, yeah. It, it's that and you don't make eye contact, which, mm-hmm. again, was really awkward at the airport that had a nice mirror strip running the entire length. <laughs> So you could just <laughs> stare lovingly into the person next to you. I mean, I mean, it's not like they uh, they took uh, a mirror, like a, a angled mirror everywhere. So like you literally could just look down and just see a sea of Johnsons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be the worst. Oh god. 
No, uh, Nerdtacular is great. Uh, this was supposedly the last. Sources are unconfirmed saying, no, it will not be the last. And it will probably return in a year or two. The location is up in the air, although everyone seems to love Snowbird. I love Snowbird. We want to go back to Snowbird, even if there's not a Nerdtacular. Maybe on season, yeah. do some snowshoeing or something. Uh, yeah, no, we need to get Casey back up on top of that mountain again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why not, right? <laughs> I mean, you've already been once, you know. <laughs> Maybe if we uh, bring back up some of those oxygen shots. Oh, yeah. That we w- all needed those anyway. <laughs> okay. So if you're going to go up on the mountain, they sell them everywhere. I don't know why we didn't think. Like, we're just, like, laughed and looked at them. <laughs> they sell little cans of oxygen with, like, a little thing that goes over your nose. So that if you go up on the mountain, you can hit yourself with some pure oxygen. I still can't Do not shots, picture. Shots, shots. I can't not picture it as Mad Max Fury Road with the yeah. shiny and chrome. <laughs> shiny <me>. and chrome. <laughs> Witness me. <laughs> that, that about fills what it's like before I jump on that uh, <laughs> pram lift up there. But just I'm rem- just saying, <laughs> next time we take the ski lift down. Oh no! Nope. Just remember, you can get beer up there. Uh, we're, as, we uh, were we we need to next time. As as bro <laughs> tended to point out to us, and holy crap, the guy we met up on the top of the mountain, mm. that was some scary stuff. Brosif mm-hmm. got some good pictures of us. Though. Yeah, Brosif took all the pictures. He was willing, like if you've seen the pictures of us on top of the mountain, he was the one taking them. And then when he finished, he handed us the camera back. He's like, basically went, you guys want to see a dead body? <laughs> or do you want to see like, a, no, do you want to see a man no, die? Stand by me was not my favorite movie. <laughs> It just, do you want to see a man die? And I was like, yeah. no, no, because he was like, I was down in Salt Lake last night and watched someone get their head literally stomped in. They're like, he, he's dead. He's like, I was at the police station all night giving my statement, and apparently he recorded it on his phone and pulls his phone out and starts to go and play it for us. Like, no, 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 thank no. you. We're good. In fact, uh, we're leaving. Uh, we, we've got to catch this next tram. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. That all went, <laughs> and then we all booked so, it down the mountain. On that snuff film ender note, uh, yeah. You have any announcements you need to talk about? Right. So, uh, so we do want to. So we don't have any, you know, f- special fun events this time since Nerdtacular is over. But <laughs> um, we do want to announce that the next video episode will be Yay. Sunday, July thirtieth at six p.m. Eastern time, and that's going to be covering the Twenty First Amendment. Um, sampler pack. So, okay, that that's the pack we're doing. Good. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one because I've actually already had one of them uh, in that pack, the Heller High Watermelon, which is tasty. Mm-hmm. There's not much to it, but it's it's pretty tasty for what it is. I've had the um, El Soli out of that one. It's good, too. And then the, uh, the next audio episode mm. after that is going to be the wine overview. And I know some people have, have brought this up that, you know, we should kind of get to this topic at some point and we're all super pumped i blame them (laughs) (laughs) but so we hope to post that one around august 7th um half of us are not wine to be wine people so oh you could be could i i I only ever want wine in the fall and it's red it has to be strictly red wine and the driest stuff imaginable all right i have to have red wine in the entire episode just not even speak, just occasionally just break in with It's a requirement. Um, but yeah, so uh, be sure to check out the website, haveadrinkshow.com, for all of the upcoming shows and any events that we um, do plan on doing. 
So we try to keep that as updated as possible. Yeah, uh, go check out our last video if you want to hear us talk more about the specifics and day-to-day goings-on of Nerdtacular. That's that last one. All we did was drink and talk about Nerdtacular. It was a good time. Yeah, pretty much. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. We've got quite the, the beefy news stuff to go over, so do we want to get into that? Yeah, let's go ahead and kick that off. Uh. Yeah. So, <laughs> while we were gone, there has been like a month since our Nothing's last... Nothing's happened. <laughs> no, nothing at all. Nothing possible. I couldn't have been looking over news stories going, oh my god, we need to do like a separate newsapalooza to catch us up. Because so much like there's things we can't ignore that have been going on. We can't just pass over. So I, I really just went for some of the bigger things and then one story I think's big. And I'm sad none of us ever thought of it. But let's go ahead and start off <clears throat> talking about the big thing that happened right before we left for Nerdtacular which was the Brewers Association launched the seal to designate independent beers. And everyone's seen the uh, firestorm that has come out about this. It's uh, it seemed, it's not really a dividing line that I've seen yet. The list of who's going to adopt it and who's not seems to come more along the lines of who's actually a member of the Brewers Association. Because that's all it comes down to. It costs the brewers no money to do this. It's, they, it just comes with their regular fees in the Brewers Association. Uh, mm-hmm. The story broke June 27, 2017, in an effort to educate beer lovers about which beers are independently produced. The Brewers Association, the not-for-profit trade group dedicated to promoting and protecting America's small and independent craft brewers, launched a new seal touting independent craft brewers. Okay, real quick. When I hear uh, promoting and protecting America's small independent craft brewers, it it just makes me think of like, of like a navy, like surrounding, I, surrounding breweries. Like, no, you're I, safe here. You're landlocked. Don't care. I, I will sign up for this navy. Is it more of a coast guard? <laughs> I mean, it yeah, it guards coasts inside coasts. <laughs> Michigan. It covers Michigan. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> they do have the craft beer. I mean, uh, if it was going to be Michigan, then I'm you're, you're going to call me. Uh, I'm going to put on a little hat, call myself Commodore. <laughs> All right. Uh, featuring an iconic beer bottle shaped, uh, flipped upside down, the seal captures the spirit with which craft brewers have upended beer. While informing beer lovers, they are choosing a beer from a brewery that is independently owned. These breweries run their business free of influence from other alcohol beverage companies, which are not themselves craft brewers. Independence is a hallmark of the craft brewing industry, and it matters to the brewers who make the beer and the beer lovers who drink it. A recent study commissioned by Brewbound and conducted uh, Nielsen. Really? (laughs) I know, right? God, Nielsen's in everything. (laughs) Ratings. Yeah. Ratings. (laughs) Nielsen found that independent and independently owned strongly resonated with the majority, 81% of craft beer drinkers. Increasingly, they are looking for uh, differentiation between what's being produced by small independent craft brewers versus big beer and acquired brands, which is really the key to all this. Mm. Uh, Beer drinkers, especially millennials, I hate that term, expect transparency when it comes to their food and beverages. The transparency and underlying ownership can drive their purchase intent. I mean... You understand that millennial is a marketing term anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. Someone, yeah. Someone, not go, a real thing. someone has the copyright to that phrase, and anytime it's Two put, guys, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so they can just make millions of dollars, which they already have. Whenever someone uses it, they just arbitrarily made it up and are millionaires. I actually like this label, or the, the logo, rather. Oh, yeah, it's real. I mean, they show some examples of it on stuff, and it's it's not taking up a lot of prime real estate. It, I mean, it'll obviously probably be backed by the UPC code or whatever. Hmm. Or I'm sure some brewers will prominently feature with the name of the beer and their company logo. Um, hmm. But it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people are going, no, I'm not going to use it. So, uh, independent craft brewers continue to turn the beer industry on its head by putting community over corporation and beer before the bottom line. They continue to better beer and our country by going beyond just making the beverage. These small businesses give back to their uh, backyard communities and support thousands of cities and towns across the U.S., uh, said Bob Pease, president and CEO of the Brewers Association. As big beer acquires former craft brands, beer drinkers have become increasingly confused about which brewers remain independent. Beer lovers are interested in transparency when it comes to the brewery ownership, and the seal is a simple way to provide that clarity. Now they can know what's been brewed small and certified independent. You know, I don't, I don't care that much about what's been purchased and what hasn't. I just care about quality of beer, but... I do know some people that that, that is important too. So I'm like, hmm. well, yes. what changed? Yes, That's... you quite do. I do. <laughs> you do. Yes, well, you no, do. I mean, I literally Tubes. mean like, if if I like the beer, it's fine as long as they're not, you know, clubbing baby seals out in the to make right. the beer. And that's still kind even of... then, maybe those seals had it coming. That's kind of the way a lot of us have been leaning. There are like I had some harsh things to say about Wicked Weed, and I was kind of going back on that a little. I was like, it it just hurt. It was like a betrayal when they sold. And it was like, oh, I just, well, then I, I was starting to ease up. I was like, yeah, if I'm at a bottle share and someone brings it, I'm probably going to take a drink because it's still, they make good beer. And then there was the response. This was at Nerdtacular, in the middle of Nerdtacular, when, like, we were in a panel when I saw this hit. Bud so, Budweiser's again, the high end. I feel like this video had the reverse response that it wanted. <laughs> yeah. The high end, which is what uh, ABM Bev calls their acquired craft brands, uh, responds to the Brewers Association's independent label. They did this with a video. Looking back on it, I wish we had like just done the video, put it like in a small corner of the thing, and just us just rip it apart bit by bit. So if you want to get a good frothing rage, go watch this video. Did we already um, post that? I feel like we tweeted it, but uh, I don't remember. We, I think we we may have tweeted it. I'm not going to put it out there again. I don't... We'll, we'll have the link on the show notes yeah. for, this, for, the, for this episode. Or just go to YouTube and put in the high-end response, and you'll get it. So, and I'm glad the write-up I found to talk about their video actually lists every brewery and brewer who speaks in this video. And it's great, because after watching this video, I'm never buying or drinking a single beer from any of these brewers ever again. Because I can't say ever again because occasionally I get tricked. But right. and and actually that kind of brings up why they want to use the label. <laughs> yeah, and they go through some of the quotes you can pull out of this are freaking hilarious. It just gets you so like it ends with um, oh crap, what's his name uh, from? I can't remember which brewery he's from, but uh, he's talking about 
to be truly punk, you wouldn't oh. like oh, label yourself. Elysian. Yeah, says the grown man who literally sold out. <laughs> Everyone yeah, it's in the this... guy who I think it's the guy who starts the video too. Like he is. Yeah. Uh, so it's infuriating. They're saying that. Oh no no no! Uh, it's it's someone it's... else. No no, there's there's two guys from. Oh no no no! Same guy. They, they actually they they literally take the 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 quote out there which says well to be independent means you don't put the logo on there because you're indie so yeah. to be truly punk you don't use the logo you do your own thing and follow your own rules by selling Except out that you're, you for millions of dollars like, look man people in glass houses <laughs> shouldn't yeah. shouldn't fire shots out you know randomly in shouldn't, all directions shouldn't be throwing glass <laughs> beer bottles at said window i don't know so but, the high end is trying to say they're they've created the boogeyman of wine and spirits that they're going to crush the beer industry. That is the true enemy here. Which is and, basically the most ridiculous thing and ever. We all need to unite. We need to get rid of this, you know, macro and micro and craft labels. Get rid of those and all come together to fight against that. And it's no. Why would what? you want to fight against just wine and, and rum? And, it's, and I don't like, what does it's, that even mean? It's only about market share to AB InBev and their acquired brands, which that's the reason AB InBev acquired them. Was to regain market share. <sighs> so. <laughs> All right, Casey. Casey's Go. been very calm. <laughs> the one quote out of this entire thing comes from Wicked Weed, but it, the one quote that really ticks my knickers. <laughs> uh, grinds your gears. Grinds my gears. Um, is the, the quote by Walt Dickinson where he says, uh, which sounds a whole lot like Walt Whitman. Uh, when you put it like or that. Or Emily Dickinson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's their child. Uh, I'm pretty sure Pernicious was a craft IPA. Quote, I'm pretty sure Pernicious was a craft IPA like two months ago. And I'm pretty sure it's a craft IPA now, right? No, that's not the case. It is actually no longer craft. There's a craft literal definition. Definition. And so it is not craft. You may want to say it, but by ending your sentences with a question mark, it's not it, – they're asking a question – and so it's not something that they're necessarily lying about when they're putting it out there. They're just asking a question. But the questions, like, they're clickbait. They're just asking questions. Right. They're just asking questions, man. And it's like clickbait now. Like, uh, you'll – I don't know. what. Guess what he did last summer with <laughs> eight women in a hot tub? Well, he, he went and, and helped somebody save their life. I don't know. But like he stopped somebody from drowning. It's he not he what... went in a hot tub. He sat there awkwardly as they all tried to make chit chat and then left when one of them farted. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it, but it tries to guide your mind someplace so that you answer the question the way they want to say it but they can't. Um, so it, you go back up David Buhler from uh, Elysian. He goes in his opening section and says, is the logo a mandate for breweries to put on their labels that they're not part of big beer? No, it's not a mandate. Does it designate something like quality? No, it designates your craft. Does it differentiate anything about where, what the beer is or how it's perceived by the customers? Well, actually, yes, it, yes, does. it yeah. does. It does differentiate how it's perceived because you're not these big beer giants that are coming in and giving your, your proceeds to uh, – to lobbyists to try to keep beer laws archaic and uh, to push beer laws into an area where only your business benefits. So yes, it, it does designate something different. It designates a uh, beer that is, is made with the intentions to make beer, maybe make a little bit of money while you're at it, but not to destroy an industry as a whole. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> 
or just a signifier to say, hey, we're 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 doing stuff this way. We're separate from those other guys. It's it is a a defining line, I guess, to say, hey, we're part of this organization. We're not part of AB AB and Bev. Which I would say or, but there's not really an or anymore. No. Um, um, and, and I think it's good because as you kind of alluded to previously, like it's it it's not easy to keep up with this if you're just like some normal person who wants to try a different beer. Like you never know who ABM Bev has bought at any given time at this point. Um, like you're if if you're not like looking at news articles like we are mm-hmm. regularly how on earth are you going to know this? Exactly. That's one of the, okay, one of the first places I heard about Wicked Weed was from my dad. Who, he's not a big craft beer drinker and all this, but he would go to Asheville a lot for uh, hiking and things like that. And he was just like, oh, there was this brewery down there. It was great. And then Casey started bringing some Wicked Weed by and yada, yada. Well, it was a couple weeks ago uh, we were with him and he was talking about, oh, blah, 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 something about Wicked Weed and uh, about going down to the brewery sometime and i was like yeah no i'm never going or drinking their stuff again and he had no idea like he had yeah. never heard that i was like yeah abm have bought them <laughs> i was like they sold out and he didn't really understand the implications of that and i didn't really want to just turn myself blue for no reason explaining it so i was just like well that they bought them and it's not a good thing <laughs> And I, okay, so the, then the main article, I was like, oh, this this sucks that it doesn't really say, like, who, who who's a, a big proponent of this label so far. So I clicked on one of the links that's in, in that article that we were talking about. That's because there are 462, 1,462 uh, breweries that have adopted the seal to put on their beer. They have a ticker. You can go so, see the ticker of everyone. And, uh, no wonder some, there's no list. Yeah, there's some local, there's a local blogger who, like, immediately tried to reach out. Uh, and uh, talked to local brands and initially this was under a week after they made the announcement and from people he could get a hold of pretty much there was nobody i think there were one or two that were kind of on the fence and didn't know if they were going to use it but the overwhelming majority of breweries around cincinnati were like oh yeah we're we're going to adopt it and i my, i guess the thing i keep wondering is is dogfish head because they keep spearheading stuff like this and i'm just like are they going to do the label i'm sure you will and they may. I mean, they don't have to. Yeah. That's that's the thing. No one has to. No one to. has to. It just yeah. makes and, it uh, it makes it easier to spot a non-macro beer. And I think it sends a message if you do adopt it. Honestly, like I, I know they so, don't mean to, but I think it sends the message to big beer essentially and to everybody else really. Yeah. Here's where I would use it. If I were a brewery, here's where I would use it. If I were Dogfish Head, I probably wouldn't, because mm-hmm. it's fairly well known to those that are in the know and the ones that care. It's fairly well known that Dogfish Head is a um, a independent brewery. Same thing with um, if I were uh, Sam Adams. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't know if they're even able to. I think they would be able to, but if they were even able to, it's because we changed the definition for craft to right. fit them in. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would even use it then. But if I were a new brewery, yeah, no, entering a brand new market and paid a lot for marketing materials and paid a lot for my my look, and it looked like those beers that we. You know, we look at them all the time. The next story is about DeClaw, and DeClaw has that beer, big beer look and big beer marketing it does, to it. yeah. Mm-hmm. Completely. But I thought the, they were. It, like Heavy Seas at first, when we saw Heavy Seas stuff, the way mm-hmm. it's marketed and how, I don't know how to say well done, but to the <laughs> no, extent no, it's that, garbage. <laughs> to the extent that it's logo. <laughs> the, the marketing is. Logo. Yeah. Yes. Logo it is. looks like 
big beer. It looks it looks like an ABM bag. So what we're saying is they need these labels. Like so they it need would, to ju- like say, yep, here we go. Even if it's only when I'm entering a new market um, and I change it back to I take it off after, you know, I've been in the market for six months. You know, if I'm Braxton coming into another market, I would put it on my label for six months. And then once that's done, I would switch back to the the traditional label and take it off of there. I don't I know if I would take it, it off, yeah. but I could see for for smaller scale breweries using it because the larger ones, they don't need it. They've already they've already made their name. Well, it's uh, yeah. when, unless they just want to promote this. Yeah, but, but if yeah. they did put it on there, it would help their competition. But yeah. when others sort of. sell, like when Breckenridge sold, I mean, it, they've been craft the entire time until uh, yeah. what last year. So, and I mean, you could be in love with Breckenridge beers. Some of us are. I had just fallen in love with them, and then we start this show, and they get sold. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, it's people who are accustomed to finding that and thinking that it's craft. (laughs) It is really confusing, and I think the reason ABMBev is so butthurt and angry about this is because one of the reasons they've been acquiring all these craft brands isn't just for the, you know, the name. It's for the talent as well because they're going to start combining these brewers and making up new brew like new labels. I'm not saying new breweries because yeah. that's not what's happening, but they are going to start making new labels that are going to look and sound craft. Yeah, they want to appear. Craft. And it's not going to be you're not going to see a Wicked Weed will be out there, but those guys aren't going to keep working on Wicked Weed stuff. They're going to be, you know, put in with the guys from like Devil's Backbone or something else. And they're going to be creating some brand new thing, and you won't have a clue. Like it'll just it'll show up on the shelves everywhere, and everyone will look at that and go, "Wow, that looks craft. That looks good." And yeah. this this little you could look for this upside down bottle on new stuff, and it'll really be a good quick indicator, so you can find what's like that Walmart beer. <laughs> That's literally trying to find its name right now. Like it does. Like, what are they called? Uh... And they got like they got sued into oblivion to get rid of that because it was it was illegal to begin with because they were lying to people. Well, it's all I mean it's I don't know you can sue over anything whether it went trouble anywhere break. or not trouble. Yep, they got in trouble. Yeah, they did indeed get in trouble. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Casey though. Like you can get sued for anything. I'm yeah. suing all of you guys right now. You just this you know <laughs> the paperwork hasn't gotten there yet. So um, in the article we'll link to that we have for this, they have all the names, uh, the, the videos included in this article for the response from the high end, but it has all the breweries and who from the breweries speaks, and it has the uh, text of what they said in the video under their name. So you can see ex- who said what. This is really... It's just really you stupid. Know... In, in in some respect, I, I I'm going to try to play devil's advocate, despite my deep abiding hatred for all the people on this list now. After watching this video, I I imagine a lot of this video came from a place of them also being hurt because the second they got bought because they wanted to make money, the entire community turns against them, or like a, a vocal part of the uh, the community turns against them. Yeah. So yeah, they but... feel like they have to defend themselves, and so. They've got the stuff they have to say. Also, their new corporate overlords probably put a boot to their neck and said, "You got to say this." <sighs> right? That's, yeah, I that's what I'm wondering. Like, I think it's more. Oh, telling. you know that six million dollar check we cut you last week? We'll cancel it if you. Uh... Yeah, I think it's more telling as to who was not in this video. No one from Goose Island was represented in this. 
<laughs> well, think... it's because if you're going to talk about quality, Goose Island probably shouldn't be the one leading your... Well, and, and Goose Island's in a weird spot because, yes, they, we've had that, that metallic issue on, on tasting their stuff since they've been bought out. But at the same time, Goose Island also makes Bourbon County Stout, which has not been touched by AB InBev. And True. Ha is, is a completely different taste from everything else that they do. So it, it, it probably has been... <laughs> At the very least, some executive has come by and put his dirty fingers in it. <laughs> but but like in the match, not, just like <laughs> it's not getting moved into their breweries. I don't believe. I no, think they're still doing it in the older breweries. That's kind of what we're it, getting. It's probably at. being it's done still, in the older breweries, but probably not right next to the sours again. It's still yeah. It's still hands on being brewed by Goose Island at the Goose Island breweries. Yeah, yeah. it's not, not like three one two where it's at another brewery. It's not being. I do really want to know about about goose island and the bourbon county stout like did they they literally just start brewing right next to their sour stuff and like i mean what what's the worst that could happen it was barreling um so everything they barreling, age right. all the sour sisters and all the barrel age stuff they do it's all in the exact same warehouse and <laughs> it's, it's the all, worst that could happen they use the exact <laughs> same equipment to bottle and fill after like Again. from everything so all it takes is one one of those lines to not have been cleaned thoroughly what? and properly well you and can't you can't clean sours out of yeah that's what was the yeah what was that um uh, uh when you guys were stewarding uh was it a wildale or something that oh, they like yeah. no you have to put this yeah, yeah. in a different room that oh was yeah my, they, that was my they section. kept all the bottles outside the brewery because they didn't want we were tasting inside the brewery and they didn't want the breweries stuff to get contaminated they didn't yeah, want to chance had to bring, the like, wild yeast they had getting to bring the, loose the buckets up like they had to everything had to be in the one area and then it immediately had to be taken outside when we were done it was dumped down the uh the bar sink it was weird they wouldn't yeah. not the brewery sink everything else was dumped down like the big brewery grates in the floor when they were done except for that stuff which was taken straight up to the bar that's nowhere near the brewing when you say down the brewery gates in the floor i'm just picturing like the 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 prohibition you know <laughs> yeah the revenuers are here button and just <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was I mean... actually kind of like that <laughs> all right Okay. Do you have anything else to say about this? Or are we... I, I think we've said all we can say. I, I feel like we managed to keep a certain level of, of, of calm and civility that I was not expecting. But we've <laughs> sat on this for a while. I mean, it's been a few weeks that we've been dealing. I tried to prime myself when we were starting the episode. Like, well, let's just watch a little bit of this video. And then I saw all the text was written there. And I was like, oh, oh, I can read and just get angry. Okay, good. <laughs> but it's better to watch it and get angry. I, I did... Uh, the one question I have is, who is this video for? <laughs> right? It's for them. I think it it's was just for, for them. them. That's true. They were just because, trying to vent, and if they could gain a positive audience, then all the better. But I I don't know anyone it, that has watched this and been like, oh, yeah. I can't get no, – the biggest thing for me, like quotes aside and everything else, I cannot get over – the the war on wine and spirits. Like, what does that oh. have to do with anything in the universe? Like, I, I – and – which actually kind of tells you a lot if you think about it, because ABM is certainly not making anything that's aged in wine or bourbon barrels <laughs> or rum barrels or like you have to work with the distilleries and the wineries on that kind of thing. So it's it's it kind of tells you a lot in that instance that they're like, no, no, no they're bad. And whereas well, the craft, the craft area is like, oh, uh, this is where flavor comes from. Wine and spirits and uh, beer. None of the three camps get along. Which well, is, well and, like, I mean, not drinkers. I mean, like, producers. Yeah. A large portion. But it seems to be just big beer now, as in that in that 
that mindset, I guess. Yeah, Again. but when we say big beer, we can just say Anheuser-Busch. They're the only game in town. Yeah, because they bought point, their guess, only yeah. real competition. So it's their go-betweens. They don't, when uh, craft brewers are buying up uh, all the barrels for a lot of their barrel-aged stuff, there are uh, go-between, I can't, I'm, the correct phrase is escaping me, but they usually aren't going directly to the distilleries. and purchase, Yeah. Well, but it, I mean, there, I, I think there are some instances when they they have to form that relationship with the distillery, like uh, the, uh, to the some extent. Video. But I mean, as a whole, like to the whole industry. Uh, this the, uh, this is me like dating it back into prohibition, to where it's like, hey, we should all kind of get together and say, let's let's stop this legislation from getting passed, and they all go. No, you know who the real villain is? Those spirits guys. They're getting all your kids drunk. Beer is a healthy... It's liquid bread. It's, it's safe. True. So. I, as far as that argument... I, I just think it's... In this day and age, the way things are made now and the way that people work together so much, especially in the craft community, it's like... It's just such a non-issue. And it, oh, it, no, it I'm, seems I'm like not such a weird thing I'm just saying, up. like, it's, it's an easy target for them to say. Yeah, because... Anheuser Busch is still stuck back in that age, <laughs> like men- like mentally they're just like no, you know. Uh, well, that's the thing. You 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 see whenever they're faced, uh, the data's out there. Okay, wine, spirits, and uh, beer are, are fighting against each other. Beer has tr- has been on a decline. Big beer, at least, has been on a decline, while craft beer's been pushing up and up and up every year. So you you see growth. Um, in craft beer growing, but growth, it, it, you've got a, a pretty good size decline in beer in general. But instead of, you know, figuring out why is it that beer is declining, let's put some R&D in there to figure out what we can do better or how we can better. They fight on the other side by pushing against these things or by fighting. They're the ones that started the infighting. Nobody, you know, yeah. by putting out this label, nobody said here we hate AB InBev. It's here people like to know what they're drinking and let's give the people what they want yeah if they're all about the customer and all about the consumer do that why should they be afraid if if that wasn't an issue that some people had so i guess kind of in closing the the biggest thing is abm bev is creating this this issue and they're the ones that are coming out here and saying oh it's the other people's fault and they're fighting and that is that is a very scary position to be in because traditionally whenever you do something like that you're on a real fast pathway to decline and you you know 10 15 years down the road ab InBev may be seeing some real big problems because of this attitude they're facing now you tell me some some loudmouth demagogue can start blaming other people for problems (laughs) that they have nothing to do with and and it could show the sign of decline of the of the whole institution it, it's not just in big beer. <laughs> <laughs> what a good time to move on to the next story. <laughs> it's in big first world as well. All right. Uh, as Casey alluded to, our next story is about Duclaw. And uh, they are seeking a buyer. <clears throat> Duclaw Brewing Company is officially on the market. The Baltimore, Maryland-based craft I'll take brewery. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will buy them one bottle at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Today announced that it had retained investment banking firm Equity Partners, HG, to help identify an investor or buyer for the company. In a press release, Duclaw founder Dave Benfield said that after 21 years in business, that it was time for a new chapter. 
We're excited to see what options are available to us, and that will allow Duclaw to continue to grow and provide unique offerings to our loyal craft beer fans. Hmm. All right. Depending, okay. I want, I want an over/under right now. What's, what do you think? Is it like five? Is it like, let's let's assume it's going to be slow. So let's say like, is it five months before AB Bev buys them, or I don't think AB Bev would be the one. I wonder if they would. I wonder if they would do it. I, I, I wonder if they would sell to them. You know what I mean? I have. I, they'll sell to whoever comes, you know, with the right figure. But I don't think it'll be ABM Bev. I don't think ABM Bev's willing to throw down the cash that Duclaw is going to be asking for. I think you'll see a uh, an equity firm, like we uh, founders sold like whatever thirty percent to an investment firm. I think it'll be something more. They're looking for someone like that that'll buy the whole thing outright, or they're looking for an international brewer like you saw with Lagunitas, where it was uh, Heineken. Oh yeah, mm. uh, that bought them. Yeah, they're probably going to be looking for someone like that, and I think that's probably what you'll see. Don't uh, uh, yeah. go ahead and quote me on that, but I, that's where I feel. So here's here's my my thought on the background of this. You don't come out and create a press release asking to sell your brewery unless you've already been to AB InBev and, and these big no. guys, oh. and they've said no. That's a good point. Um, well, if you, you remember, don't, you don't just put the press release out there. You do these in back rooms until you you don't get the right number or you don't see what you're looking for. Now, here's what I, I can see happening: Duclaw may be asking for a lot more than what they're worth, and mm-hmm. ABM Bev is saying no. We don't necessarily want you. They sought out ABM Bev to buy. We don't necessarily want you for that price, uh, maybe a lower price. So Duclaw is going out. This is all speculation, but I think Duclaw is going out, shopping around and seeing if they can get a better price, and then in a few months, whenever they can't get anything better, ABM Bev may come in and say, "Okay, we're still here with our, you know, whatever." <laughs> we're still here. Figure. Our original offer has dropped uh, by about five million dollars. Yeah, but so, that's a possibility. They got so, the quote. They got some quotes in here. Uh, really, everything is on the table at this point. Uh, they said, "Adding <laughs> that's not desperate at all." Adding the brewery <laughs> is seeking the oh. right fit to carry forward the brand and culture. So to me, that sounds like they are willing to sell just percentages, not a hundred percent. They would probably right. be willing to sell a certain percentage to someone I'm if they just, were like, "Let you can offload thirty, forty percent to us right now, and then leave us the option to purchase the rest down the road if it seems like our best." You know, I'm just wondering how much in gambling debts uh, their their <laughs> owner has right now. Yeah, why is he wanting out now? Like he's Buck Strickland I, or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, come I, on there, old top. I think it's interesting that he's they specifically in the quote say craft beer fans. It, it, it does make me kind of wonder about the ABM thing a little bit. So, yeah, they're saying uh, testing the market to see what options are available before narrowing in on a solution or price. So that sounds a lot more like what Casey was talking about. Yeah, they're about. just hiking their skirt up and putting that leg out. <laughs> they're, they're not hiking their skirt up. They're 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 literally just dropping it and going, look. They're, yeah, they're like, here's the here's goods. Here's my business. They're, they're laying it out there and seeing what offers might come by. And if, uh, there was a similar situation with New Belgium that just kind of quietly got resolved in them saying, no, no, we're owned by you know the employees. Forget it. I don't know if you all remember that from a couple years ago when – you know, everyone was like, oh, God, because there was the press release that New Belgium was up for sale. And they were, you know, they would they would entertain offers. <laughs> I do and, vaguely recall that. Yeah, and but... then that just went away. I guess there were no offers to, you know, the management's maybe, liking. Maybe and they were New like, Belgium, no. Maybe New Belgium also was just like, hey, I mean, 
we just like to feel pretty. So yeah, it could who... it could just be seeing what you know, could be courting to see what you think you're worth, and because that's they're like they're not even putting a price on it. They're just like, hey, come at us with some offers. How much? How much do you think the claw is worth? Uh, they're so everywhere. How many, how many barrels a year? Fifty-five um, thousand barrels annually. Um, influx of new. Okay, yeah. Okay, so they're hoping to get an influx of new money, which sounds more like a small investment purchase of part part of the company for. Yeah, there are. They already have a large distribution footprint. Uh, you can in areas that you can find them. You can find them everywhere, from bottle shops to gas stations. And then there's some of their stuff is particularly recognizable because I mean they do the sweet baby Jesus. Yeah, which and, everybody's uh, like, oh, because of the name. Thirty-five thousand bottles of beer, la- barrels of beer last year. Yeah. Um. So everybody, I think everybody's looking for this ballast point money. Is is what it is. <laughs> and the ballast point yeah. thing, I feel like that was a, like, who was it that bought them? Was it AB and Bev? Or it was one of those. No. It, it was, was either no. It was um it was Corona. Const- yeah. Uh, Constellation. Constellation brands. Constellation yeah. brands. I feel like they're having buyer's remorse from that. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> I doubt it got them anywhere. Because they they paid so much, like that it was a billion. Was, it was the largest yeah. craft beer buyout for. It's still yeah, the they largest. Paid, they paid so much money to be, you know, to buy them. When like really, they have to save that money for the next time they have a lawsuit for glass in their beer. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. Uh, what do you want to say? I'd say so. If if you were going for the Bell's Point type figure. I can I can give you a number based on what I think it would be based on that. I would say, are we saying what Let's they're worth just, or what just, we think they're looking for? Let's. Mm. I think they're looking for one fifty to one seventy five million, but I think their true valuation is somewhere around maybe ninety five million. I was gonna say they're probably I, looking for a quarter quarter billion. Yeah, I was thinking they they'd probably go for. The, the final thing, when it's all said and done, they end up being bought by AB and Bev uh, <laughs> for probably like 150, like one, 135 to 150 is what I think they'll actually end up going for. If last year they produced 35,000, grew. Okay, so if going to that 55,000, they may be able to get closer to the 180 range. But if it's if they're only doing 35,000 barrels of beer, and at the time that they got the one billion, um, the other company, the um, um, help me out Ooh. here, uh, Ballast, Ballast Point? Point was only doing three hundred thousand hmm. barrels of beer. You know what? So they go to one tenth. They go to fourteen states and DC. I'll probably up mine by by about twenty million, probably. But where's Mitsubishi? All right. So, so final numbers yeah. when they do finally sell. What's what's your price? Probably about uh, one, probably from like one fifty up to like one seventy, somewhere in that range. Okay. I, like I think they were gonna get less. I'm gonna think they were gonna get less than what they they probably want. Oh yeah. But if they sell, if they sell, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. But I think you're you're right in the range there. I think one seventy five million is is probably I'm doable gonna, for them. Okay, I'm gonna overestimate. I'm gonna say they. I'm going to assume they're going to sell quickly and it'll be for a large number. So I'll say more around 200. They are currently pushing to expand the two more states. So maybe Chris, maybe Chris is not wrong. I'm, they're going to 200 push 250. Hmm. 
but they're not getting ballast point money. No, no, no. no. But no, no <laughs> ain't no way that's happening. No one's gonna make like, but no one's making a deal like that again. They can't make that much sweet baby Jesus. The only company that I could see making anywhere close to that is Dogfish Head or oh, um, yeah. somebody like that. Maybe, maybe if you had the right company that come in, it could be um, New Belgium. But that's about it. Hmm. Yeah, and I can't actually even see. Like, my brain can't even fathom New Belgium selling anything. I don't no. want to think about it. Like, they're, 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 they're an ESOP. They're employee-owned. So Yeah, it's yeah. Like the, the, the more I know about them after we did the episode, we're like, oh, they're employee-owned. I can't even imagine them being <laughs> being bought by somebody. No. Yeah. Because all the employees like that free trip to, to Europe. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, so close this way, one out. By the way, New Belgium... I'll still work for you. <laughs> can we can we get a job at New Belgium being beer reporters? And full disclosure, <laughs> I'm willing to be bought by New Belgium. All right, I'll work <laughs> as a slave. I don't. That's an unfortunate. I, you know, I take that back. That's that's I'm minimal sorry. money, very small money. That's all. Uh, all right. To close this one out, they say our goals for the business have evolved over the years, but making beer people enjoy will always remain our primary focus, uh, Ben Field said. In the press release, I am thrilled that we will be in a better position to continue doing that after the process is complete. I believe the best days for Duclos still lie ahead. The brewery's ownership, this is in quotes, will reevaluate the growth plan and decide if they want to invest additional funds to continue the growth plan or maintain the status quo. That almost should, sounds like they're going out of business. Should the brewery not find an <laughs> investor or buyer? Mm. So, they may they may be having liquidity issues too. They I mean, may I'm be looking for something a little bit lower. Yeah, and, and I think that's why they're. I think it's more likely that they're going to get a a partial buy, yeah. for a, a capital yeah, injection, influx of cash. Yeah. You know, we and we can do the same math on that one. You know, if they bought twenty percent of the company, we can just take twenty percent of our numbers and yeah. go from there. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, I've not had much to claw since I first started. Getting Every, more and more into craft beer. Like, I, I had Sweet Baby Jesus right away, and yeah. it's like, oh, this is really good. I haven't looked back on it now to see if I think, because I remember you mentioning, like, it's got a real artificial flavor. Yeah. It definitely does. A lot you of peanut, it does. Peanut butter is not a natural flavor. No. You take that beer. back. It's but a there, natural, no, but naturally occurring. All natural butter. peanut butter is yes. There's there, there's peanut butter trees out in the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, they, some... they come out with a full Jif jar. You just pluck it <laughs> off the branch. We know where the GIF where the or no, we know where the GIF is made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's under it's under two miles. For, no, it's not even two miles. It's like under a mile from my apartment. We've all had the Listerman one. Like there are people that actually do the peanut butter thing pretty well. It tastes beer. like roasted peanuts. And like Duclaw's oh. just was not done very well. A, a lot of Duclaw's stuff suffers from the same thing that uh, the Ballast Point flavored beers suffer from. And yeah. You can tell that it's just chemical flavorings also, and additives. It bothers me that in the blood orange picture, that's not blood it's orange. It's not a blood orange. It yeah. drives me crazy. I keep, I'm, I've been staring at this picture the whole time. <laughs> Yep. Those aren't blood oranges. Stop it. All right, guys. Let's let's Maybe lighten the mood. Maybe they were blood oranges, and they just have a weird filter. <laughs> let's move on and lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, last story. Man checks single can of beer as luggage on flight. This story. Man, this is how I'm going to ship beer now. <laughs> Seriously, why did we not think of this, guys? It was like a stunt pulled. Uh, he had some inside help. Uh, there's packing light, and then there's packing light beer. 
A hophead in Australia. Snag, we're talking about packing light, you're speaking my language. A hophead in Australia <laughs> checked a single can of beer as his luggage on a flight, and they have the picture of the can of beer with the luggage tag around it and everything with all the barcodes, and then uh, pictures and video of it going by on the baggage carousel. claim carousel. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, a hophead in Australia checked a single can of beer as his luggage on a flight, and the airport staff happily tagged the tin and put it on the plane, according to a uh, new report. My mate works at the airport, and we hatched the plan as a laugh. I half didn't expect it to come out the other end. The man who identified himself only as Dean told Unilade, lad? Unilad. Unilad. But when it did, <laughs> it was sent out well in front of the other luggage, so the baggage handlers obviously appreciated it. <laughs> the Australian <laughs> ale fan put his lone can of emu export on a Qantas flight from Melbourne to Perth on Saturday, the site reports. So it, was, it wasn't it was an international flight. It was all in Australia. Uh, Dean said that he knew his precious cargo had arrived when he saw a group of people snapping pictures at the baggage claim area. Sure enough, there she was. I alone, like that the beer is female. Yeah, alone on the carousel, proudly marking or making her way around, he said of his beloved brew adding that he had planned to fly uh, file a lost luggage report had it not <laughs> turned up. Goodness. So I think this is a good good reason to, to tell the story about um, about our, our own experiences shipping our, beer oh, yeah. so, on domestic flights. Yeah, domestic flight, and we had, an, we had a checked bag with nothing but beer in it. It was loaded down with beer, and <laughs> we thought we were rather clever. Most everything but the cans... Was all the bottles were wrapped in bubble Look, wrap we, and yeah, there's like cushioning. We, we wrapped and, everything. I put some extra wrap on top of anything I was shipping. Like no, yeah, I have to make it sure it's safe. All the all the bottle caps and corks were taped down so that pressure buildup wouldn't shoot them off or anything like that. But there were no there was no clothing or anything in there. So we're like, if something you know springs a leak, then it's kind of whatever. We're just out the beer. So <laughs> we arrived in Salt Lake. And you could smell the bag before you saw it. I was going to say, we were at the carousel waiting for it to show up, and you just go. <laughs> what is that? Oh, that's and not a we, good, we that, see it that's coming. That's not a good sign. <laughs> then it finally rounds the corner, and it's stained. And it was a <laughs> wild yeast fermented sour. That in a can. Uh, if, in of a course, can. it was going to bust. It was going to bust the most fragrant one it could find. Yeah. yeah. And it was a this can is, I feel like... that it positioned itself in the corner. So, and from the looks of the can, it just, when they threw the bag, it literally landed on the can and it caused yeah. it to explode. I feel like this is a butterfly effect of some sort where you've <laughs> now had this liquid drip on somebody else's clothes that then goes to another state and they go on a brewery tour where they then infect. I don't know half of the. No, no, no. Go, we had they, we had they, paper. They, it, the beer drips onto a recovering alcoholic's bag. <laughs> <laughs> they go home. Their wife smells the beer. They get a divorce. The man gets depressed. He goes. He tries to rob a bank. Jesus. Like, look, I'm not saying it's a good scenario. He said butterfly effect. I'm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. From ours, uh, we had paper in the bag acting as cushioning and separation for everything, and that soaked up all the beer, but also kept all the all that wonderful fragrance with it. Well, oh, travel we, had, too. we had to keep like that bag outside. It, yeah, it, it went on the balcony, and I'm pretty sure the trunk of that rental car probably still reeks of it. <laughs> we did have uh, 
I will say when we we came back, um, we had much less to bring back with us. Indeed. Because <laughs> uh, uh, let me just say this, guys: how high altitude drinking is its own high. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no! It, oh, those well, high between between altitude change and the time change and then you all get up at like uh, the crack of dawn anyways before the crack of dawn (laughs) and so here you you take your time it's like a a 10 hour difference for you like i could not drink at night and feel good about it (laughs) yeah like look as long as there's someone else with me i never feel bad about drinking exactly as long as you're not drinking I could not alone. finish a beer that first or, or second night. I can't remember what it was. I couldn't finish a beer. Could not take a, a cognac, a good cognac. It was just rough. So let's talk now, about the fact have... that this guy uh, paid like 50 bucks or 25 bucks to check a like $2 can of beer. Yeah. Well, Again, it, this, is why, so this, you is why, this is why when I fly, I fly like a hobo to make sure to make sure this doesn't happen. The re- Well... I, I, there's a very good possibility I could have done this for free on my previous flights because sometimes if I've got beer, I'll just put it in. I'll put one or two bottles, usually not even cans, but bottles into my bag. And then it's usually a carry-on bag, but I'll check it for free using, um, you know, you got the right credit card. You can get oh, yeah. first bag yeah. check free. So I could have just put the bottle all down and let them check just the bottle instead of the whole bag. For those of you planning on sh- trying to, to, to replicate our ideas and shipping stuff via checked baggage, on the way back, we were bringing back a friend's bottle of Ruinum. She's mm-hmm. uh... still here. She's still not picked it up. And the goddamn jelly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, I, it's fine, whatever. But the, the, the point being, that, ru- that Ruinum cork was a bit further out than when it came in. Yeah, no, like, it's, it started to work its way out. I was nervous, and had all my clothes been covered in them, they would have indeed been ruined. That, yeah. No, there would be no getting that out. All right, we've uh, we spent too much time on news. Uh, let's go ahead and usher ourselves into some untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, Honestly, I've forgotten how this section of the thing goes. It's been so long. It has. Actually, it's, it's been like so a- long, it was... It was hard to find badges that hadn't, like, dated out. Expired. Yeah. All right. Well, the first one is good, and we totally already earned this one. Um, <laughs> so this one is called Session Boldly All Summer Long. Uh, it's time to enjoy the warm weather of summer while making great memories with friends, family, and, of course, their refreshing beer. Make the fun last all day with Founders All Day IPA, a delicious, mm. sessionable IPA that satisfies your tastes while keeping your senses sharp. I don't know about that. Available, mm. on, yeah, available on draft in fifteen can pa- or fifteen pack cans and six pack bottles. You Your have... senses are not going to be sharp after a fifteen pack can. No, nope, <laughs> no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Um, or you can get it in Tall Boys. Yeah, we, that's what we did. Um, you should have no trouble finding an all day IPA to sip this summer while sessioning your way through the heat. Be sure to check. Or be sure to unlock our all new badge from Founders. Check into one all day IPA. Uh, between July 15th and August 15th, and you get the Session Boldly Summer badge. 
I don't like the words of this bat. Like I don't like the name of this at all. Don't like the way they. No. You know, we we really have to have a have a, a, a talk with whoever writes the Untapped. Yeah. Now, the look of the badge. <laughs> that is intern has has been there a while. Yeah, the, the look of the badge is funny. Like it's just people like skinny dipping. Some naked butts. Um, some people, yeah, a little skinny. But dipping. yeah, we we got decisions we got that the you never place. make while sober. Fact. Um, decisions I still won't make when drunk. No one, <laughs> no one needs to see my ass. <laughs> My hairy ass people would think I'm just wearing uh, sweats. They would think I'm wearing basically uh, uh, hair underwear. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing. I'm sure that's a thing. It's a Yeti. Oh, God, he's going into the pond. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, like it's, it's, uh, um, never mind. I was going to make a thing about a hair shirts, and then I was going to, and I'll, I'll eventually end up talking about bare naked ladies, and I don't want to. So let's just move on to the next badge. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we have a core badge update. Uh, this is oh, from June 2017. You're... Uh, so we're a little behind. Wait, wait, wait. But... You're, you're missed one. Am I in the wrong one? Mm -hmm. I thought I was... No, no you're right. I'm sorry. I got my, my tabs out of order. Uh, off... I mean, leave this in. I'm dumb. Uh, dogfish head off uh, off centered ale trails. Another dumbly uh, worded one. I'm sorry, what? That's a play on words. It's, it's, it's dumb. It's stupid. It's dumb, dumb words. It's a dumb word arrangement. <laughs> I'm just saying it almost looks like the dogfish head logo has a pith helmet. It does. <laughs> um, this summer, be sure to grab a can of your favorite off-center ales. Uh, Sequench Ale, fresh, uh, Flesh and Blood IPA, and 60-Minute IPA. The perfect partner for your warm weather festivities. Bonfires, beach days, barbecues, and summer parties. Just go a lot more uh, off-centered as the portable compact cans are ideal brew for outdoor outdoor dog fish days of summer <laughs> Jeez. if you're looking for a bit more adventure dogfish is partnered with atlas obscura on the online definitive guide to the world's uh world's wonderful and curious places apparently you can go to dogfish head center ale uh, dogfish off center ale trails uh across to look at something i don't I'm less have, enthused about that. They have like planned, like trips you can take that are some like I don't. I don't know. Anyway, you can I, check into one. Oh, sorry. Well, go ahead, Casey. No, I was going to say go ahead. Yeah, this is actually yeah. what I was going to talk about. Yep. So check into one of the Dogfish uh, Head Ale Trail uh, beers below to unlock level one. Uh, you can check continue the adventure by checking into another for two, uh, and then one more for level three. Uh, uh, your check-ins can be of the same beer, but we definitely encourage you to try them all. This badge will only be available from July 1st to September 5th, just after my birthday. So be sure to grab a can or three and have a good time. I didn't realize there were I was going to say, good guy dogfish on this one for not making you do three different beers to get three levels. Yeah, there's, yeah. no, you can, do, like, you can buy a six-pack and bam, you'll get all three through that six-pack. Exactly. You see the difference between craft and non-craft? <laughs> yeah. Because we all saw what happened with uh, or with uh, Goose, uh, Goose uh, Island on God. what they wanted you to do. How many beers yeah, would that and, have been? You know, well, I was initially okay with that plan. I got so far, and then it was, it was oh, my God. It was too much. If nothing else, the video episode would have turned it off anyway. Yeah. Um. So we did get five new core badges, uh, or five badge updates. First one coming in Spoilers, with... Spoilers, I didn't know anything about this. No! <laughs> Um, none will be retroactive, however, so uh, it's with all core badge releases. I'm um, not getting the first one of these. 
<laughs> so Budmo, check into five different breweries from the Ukraine. Uh, you can go up to level 50. That means there has to be 250 different beers from Ukraine. Sure. I'm sure there are, but Out- I can't get there. Outside, are of you? The U- outside of the Ukraine, are you are you seriously going to get in- that to level 50? No, no, you are not. In the Ukraine? Yeah, I bet there's probably 250 different breweries. No, no. Beers. It, it's just beers, beers, but still. Different beers, yeah. No, I I could see there being 250 different beers in, in the Ukraine. Uh, the, so the Wikipedia page for a beer in Ukraine lists 15 total. <laughs> I mean, it's Wikipedia. Not everybody's updating it. They're preparing for the future because all that, like all badges, <laughs> okay. go to fifty, pretty much. There we go. So, um, in with the old, uh, in with the new. Check into five different beers with a style of goose. 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 We should do a goose. We should do a goose episode. And yeah, we should. Let's see if we can find five. <laughs> Um, hopped down, checking to five different beers with an IBU below 20. I, I've already gotten a few of these badges. Yeah, so Love that's that's going to be easy. Try that one right now. I might get that today. Yeah, that one's really easy to do. Um, middle of the road. I'm going to skip that one and come back to it. Middle of the road, checking to five different beers between 5.1 and 9.9%. Um, all of my beers. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite. That I'll so, have a lot of middle of the roads. Uh, I think ma- I've already made level two on that one. How, how many of us were I like, also may get that tonight with I the hit, same beers. I hit like level five when we were in Salt Lake of oh, middle no, of okay. the road. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Ever, like everything that you had in Utah went to middle of the road. Yeah, that's true. No, it didn't because it was five five point one and above. So there was another yeah, one. There so was a, they were lower than five. That's true. We got the hop down there, I think, and we got something else that was like a lower than five beer. Um, but then the last one was Silence of the Lambics. I love so, this name. <laughs> it's got a bunch of fruit and pumpkins behind the bars. <laughs> Lambic traditional, Lambic fruit, Lambic creek, Lambic frambois. Um, so, you know, cherry and frambois is uh, raspberry. And, so check and into of, your Lambics. Of course, we'll have the link to this, but, like, for those unaware, like, it's got a picture of, like, the Hannibal kind of oh, – it's wonderful. So let's uh, let's take this moment to go ahead and look at some badge voting that's currently going on. We have – Oh, yeah, because there's it's always fun to see. Yes. Uh, right now, 99 bottles. Uh, check into five different beers with the serving style of bottle. I think I'm, I'm voting on that one. Yeah, get that, get that one. Uh, oh, by the way, I just got uh, a badge for cream of the crop. Hmm. Nice. Uh, can, for the can, check into five different beers with the serving style of can. I can give that one a vote too. Yeah, I like those. Uh, Daily checker, check into a beer every day for a calendar week, seven days in a row. I'm not gonna. That one's like supporting alcoholism. <laughs> not gonna. Yeah, like that. That one needs less votes. Yeah. Needs less yes to that one. Session life, check into five different beers, the style of session IPA. That's easy. Yeah, that one's that one's all right. The tower of beer, five different beers from a brewery from England. Uh, yeah, no, that's why like does, a, that's why that one already good exist? trip to the pub. Yeah. Uh, taster, please. Checking a five different beer serving style of taster. Now they do need to give that is some incentive to actually claim you are having tasters. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I like that. One. Especially now that they have like the serving style thing, so you don't feel like you know. Ned the Flander. Oh, that's Checking, what I was just gonna say. <laughs> Checking a five different beers with the style of sour uh, Flanders Oud Bruin or sour Flanders Red Ale. Ned the Flander. <laughs> that needs to be one. Oh, all right. Yeah, there's some Brew good ones. at the zoo. Check into five different venues while at the category what? of zoo or aquarium. That's been on there for a while. Like we still that haven't one never that gets, badge. Yeah, I'm just. I look at that and go like, man, 
We Why could've... am I not getting drunk at the zoo? <laughs> we could have gotten at that time. Like we could have gotten the bag because it's time. expensive to get drunk at the zoo. It is. So I am. I'm looking right now at a an acquaintance that I have on Untapped, and their latest check in was six minutes ago at the vehicle enforcement office. What? <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> that is. Oh. Oh. And. And again, before that one, yeah. So, so I want to say something I've enjoyed. Um, just to close out our Untapped thing here, if you want a good laugh, follow Untapped on Twitter and look at the ridiculous crap people tweet at them. The complaints, like people will be trying to check into like a canned tequila product. Like I can't find this anywhere on there. Why? Why can't because I find this to check in? Tequila. And then they like they just tweet back snarky, deadpan things. They're like, because it's not a supported beverage, sir. <laughs> All right. Well. So with with that though, um, I, I do think that ABM Bev bringing all these new stories and badges together. ABM Bev talks about how the big how they're going to buy Declaw and Untap. <laughs> the big problem with I wouldn't be surprised if Untap. I honestly wouldn't, and I would be. Don't yeah. you dare say that. Untap gets um, their money for the badges. So, well, they've got a system there, yeah. Um, but uh, so Anheuser Busch talks about how your biggest enemy in the beer range is the wine industry and the spirits industry. But how many of these little canned wine spritzers have they come up with, or yeah. the canned like rum based or, or similar to rum based cocktails? Yeah, limeritas. Yeah. Limeritas, exactly. Aritas. Like those are right at that industry. And so, everyone who drinks a limerita is a war criminal in my book. <laughs> I have committed many war crimes. <sighs> not, yeah, not no, and we're not talking about lime limeritas either. He's <laughs> No, we're talking about the sacking of towns and all the, like, rape and torture. No, it goes back to uh, He's a the, monster, ho guys. the <laughs> hotel room and the, the smells that were coming out of my area of that hotel Our room. Our hotel room was nothing but methane gas. There was no oxygen. It was just if farts. We had lit a, if we had lit a match in that place, we would have died. Yeah, it would have just gone up immediately. All right, guys. Um, we've spent enough time on all this. I believe we actually have a topic. Nope. You saw my collection of bottles. Sorry, I just love the the, the simultaneous like. <laughs> Everyone's like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. The no. the funny thing is that we took so long in the first part of this episode that I've already finished the 22 ouncer of my my what I'm drinking and I'm having I... to jump over to something else. I've finished both of my first parts of what I'm drinking, so I don't know whether I've been drinking too fast or this episode's going too long, but let's sally forth and talk about cream ales. Yeah. Uh, so cream ale is one of the distinctly American styles of beer, along with steam ale and the Amer American Pilsner, uh, which... And the Kentucky Common. Kentucky, I, I, like, these are the more common ones i didn't say they were the only ones <laughs> i know uh look we've talked about how the kentucky commons needs to be much more of a common beer at least in this state it there should, should there should be more than like two breweries doing it with the resurgence of moonshining kentucky commons should be right there with it mm -hmm. uh, pardon me uh anyway uh, this makes sense, however, with the uh, uh, considering the light golden appearance and easy drinkability of cream ales. 
Cremo uh, grew out of the growing sense of competition with loggers that had begun to pop up from German immigrants who came to the U.S. after the Civil War. Uh, uh, came to the U.S. after the Civil War. There's a period there, meaning <laughs> a new sentence has started. Uh, after the Civil War, ales, uh, ale brewers started to try to craft beer that could compete with the growing dominance of loggers uh, on American tastes. Uh, the brew got, uh, had to be suitable for an ale brewery, but in terms of appearance and drinkability, it needed to be more German lager-ish uh, than British ale-ish. <laughs> Great terms. Uh, a lot of hey, look, th- th- those those particular ones are not mine, although they sound like me. <laughs> Sounds like any of us, because we're just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Welsh and Yankee brewers uh, in the Delaware region of Pennsylvania had established uh, Philadelphia as a center for ale brewing, but around the beginning of this uh, of the century, adjunct lager, lagers had been sold in the areas. Uh, sorry, not this century, previous one. This article is old. <laughs> that old. Uh, adjunct lagers uh, being sold uh, by the areas of new German brewers had begun to make inroads into ale sales. Uh, the uh, public bega- uh, was beginning to prefer American lagers' light, clear, and effervescent appearance. Ale brewers respond respond to this demand by creating a top fermenting product of uh, similar to American lager, using ale yeast or possibly even a combination of lager and ale yeasts. Though no concrete evidence exists of lager yeast in the early cream ales, uh, they could produce beer more quickly than the larger uh, larger brewer lager says lager. Uh, lager brewers could thereby potentially increasing the sales and market share Uh, because cream ale was made by ale brewers uh, which tended to not be set up for cold fermentation it was probably brewed warm uh, regardless of the yeast type uh, at least until prohibition oh sorry I'm dealing with this uh, cream ale sickle I I was going to say are you still feeling like a giant or have you moved on he's on his fifth (laughs) these are small bottles kids (laughs) No, I, I bought them right before we got home. Oh, God! <laughs> it's, so it's frozen, I'm, and now it's foaming out the top. Uh, yeah, I assumed that was what was happening when I heard, oh, God. Here, it doesn't stop coming! Oh, God. It is a what cream ale. <sighs> Apparently, he's just chugging these. Uh, I wish these were video episodes. This one, yes, I, I do, actually. <laughs> Cream ale is a cold fermented ale, much like the cold fermented Kolsch ale brewed in Cologne, Germany. The top fermenting cream ale is light bodied, has fewer fruity esters, and neither malt nor hops prevail. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Though a cream ale differs from the Kolsch in one major way, the addition of rice and or <coughs> corn adjuncts to lighten the body. Historically, the dominant cream ales of the Northeast have been uh, Narag. Ginset from Rhode Island. Oh, I'm sorry. What happened? I, I heard I heard a word and I, I was out for a bit. <laughs> happens from time to time. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there. I'm gonna let you finish. But I feel like it differs from Kolsch in more than one way. Kolsch has Kolsch yeast. Yeah. And cream ale is a different type of yeast. Usually. Exactly. It is. I think they're just talking about the gen- like. There's a key difference other than than the yeast. I like get the. That the layman would the notice. This is kind of a key <laughs> difference. <laughs> Again, that the layman would notice. Maybe. I mean, it may be from stewarding an entire session on uh, cream ales, oh, but right. I can <laughs> I can spot a cream ale pretty clearly from a Kolsch. 
after you've had 21 of them in a row. <laughs> the the normal lay would not uh, would not be there. Oh, having. All right, and uh, finishing off, and Guinness from Rochester, New York. I saw some of those when I was out buying stuff today. Guinness. I wish I had. I was going to try to grab some of those, but I, I saw it in a big forty, which is what I was looking of for what I got. But alas, I had to get an eight pack. Uh, <laughs> yet since Prohibition, they're brewed nationwide with Rainier, Olympia, Old Style, and even Natural Ice, technically fitting the definition. Uh, and no, they... Natural Ice. That's a lager, isn't it? Uh, that's what I thought. I don't know enough about, about the Natty. Yeah, I don't either. Okay. The, the Nasty. So, yeah, no, that's... the Nasty is... <laughs> is... Uh... Cincinnati. Adjunct Cincinnati. American I'm, lager. I'm drinking a little bit of uh, cream ale from the nasty. <laughs> well, to get more specific about the cream ale portion, uh, it does come from the BJCP, and um, it's in category six, which is uh, oh the it, it's the category for light hybrid beer is what it's under. Um, what so... what although Casey? Although Natural Ice in 2013 won a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival in American style cream ale. Oh, what? God. <laughs> there you go. Whatever. Okay. I'm going to go put a gun in my mouth, guys. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is why we can't be on Twitch. Right? Uh, this episode is just full of, like, uh, digression. Uh, anyway. So, Cream Ale, Category 6A in the light hybrid beer section of BJCP. Um, so it says that the aroma for cream ale, you should get faint malt notes, a sweet corn-like aroma that, and low levels of DMS are commonly found. Hop aroma is low to non-existent. Um, a variety of hops can be used, but neither the hops nor the malt dominate. Faint esters may be present in some examples, but are not required. And there's no diacetyl, obviously. Um, the appearance is a pale straw to moderate gold color, although usually on the pale side. It's a low to medium head um, with medium to high carbonation. The head retention may be no better than fair due to the adjunct use. Um, and then uh, it has a sparkling clarity. Um, the flavor is supposed to be low to medium low hop bitterness, low to medium moderate maltiness and sweetness, varying with gravity and attenuation, usually well attenuated. Um, neither malt nor hops prevail in the taste, um, a low to moderate corn flavor from corn adjuncts is commonly found, and some DMS. Um, the finish can vary from somewhat dry to faintly sweet from the corn, uh, malt, and sugar. And then faint fruity esters are optional. And again, no diacetyl in the taste. Um, to the mouthfeel, you're going to get light and crisp, um, although body can reach medium. The smooth mouthfeel with medium to high attenuation higher attenuation levels can lend a thirst quenching finish uh, high carbonation high higher gravity examples may exhibit a slight alcohol warmth overall just like a, a pretty low like just i can say i've never experienced beer. a medium bodied cream uh, yeah cream ale. they're all pretty light uh, like you were saying, overall clean, well attenuated, flavorful American lawnmower beer. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what—that's how I'd classify it. Yeah, <clears throat> don't get your foot chopped off. 
Good Classic American. Thing. What kind of lawnmower are you using? <laughs> All of them have the ability to chop off a foot. Well, okay. I mean, if we're looking like, uh, sorry, I'm I'm thinking of like the damaging foot, like in Mad Men, not as in severing the foot. Sure. There. They're intense. But either way, <laughs> Classic American, also known as the pre-prohibition cream ales, were slightly stronger, hoppier, including some dry hopping and more bitter. 25 to 30 IBUs. These versions should Damn. be entered. Yeah, right. Should be entered in the specialty experimental category. Most no, they com- should be in. They should be the, 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 the standard. I agree. Most commercial examples are in the one point zero five zero to one point zero five three. So the Tim fifty to the Tim fifty three. Uh, OG range, and the bitterness rarely rises above 20 IBUs. Again, I have no earthly idea what the hell he's talking about with the, o- the OG, OG? original OG. So water. You're talking about the original gangster. I mean, no, not that. I know what that is. <laughs> water original gravity. Uh, water is uh, an, an OG, or water is a gravity of 1.000. If it's distilled, it at the right room temperature. What's uh, 1.21 gigawatts? 1.21 would be something akin to probably a barley wine. Oh, okay. So uh, what you get is it measures, your gravity is measuring the dissolved solids, and usually that's sugar whenever you are brewing a beer. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of running off all of your, your sugars from the, the malts, um, the OGs that are in like 10.04 and above, you're going to get like 5% beers at about 10.04, somewhere around there. Um, if they attenuate all the way, and which attenuation means that the, the difference between the original gravity and the final gravity. So the difference between the OG, which is before fermentation happens, and the FG, which is after fermentation happens. Um, alcohol is lighter than water. So whenever you add alcohol and these sugars that haven't been fermented and the water that's in there together, it goes closer and closer to um, 1.01 and lower. Okay. Sorry, you just mentioned that kind of like we all knew what, what you were talking I about. Thought we had I, talked about I thought we had talked about it before, but, you know, we, we always have. have new people joining. So and It's been a minute, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so ingredients are most commonly used. You'll have a grain bill of a grain bill of a six row malt uh, with uh, a little bit of Mathy North American two row. Six row has a little bit more ability to ferment, and so has more enzymes. And what about so, eight row? No Ten. eight row that I know of. Six row and two row are the only two. Oh. That I know of. There, there are probably others, but those are just just saying ten row. Let's when you're say. looking at a two row malt, that is the traditional wheat. The wheat stalk that you're looking at, it's got two rows of of basically kernels on each side of the wheat stalk. Um, When you're looking at six row, they kind of rotate around, kind of in a spiral. Six row. Let's go. Let's go nuts. Let's engineer some new. Some some lots of rows. Um, It would so an eight row or ten row would probably be pretty cool to use in something like this because the the six row has more enzymes in it because there's more husk to starch. Mm. Okay, yeah. So with if you did 10-row or 8-row, um, you would probably have even more husk, which husk is where the most of the enzymes are in a, um, in a mm-hmm. barley malt yeah. uh, piece. So um, you could, you could, the reason the 6-row is heavily used here is because you're adding in flaked maize, which is corn, and that can't 
malt itself. That can't, uh, it, it, there are no enzymes in that. So the six row helps to convert it from starch to sugar. Okay. Um, and then you can add up to 20% glucose, which is just pure sugar or other sugars into the boil. That helps it dry out. So it's real crisp. It's uh, not, it, you get alcohol without a whole lot of flavor. Uh, soft water is preferred, so mm -hmm. water that doesn't have a lot of calcium in it because it is a light beer, uh, so a light not, colored beer. So not heavy water. Not Eastern Kentucky, um, not Eastern Kentucky heavy calcium water or not, heavy, yeah. Not n not the water you need for like nuclear material. Okay. Uh, definitely not that. Okay. Although there are probably some good light beers that are made in, uh, <laughs> in those types of parts of the world. Um, and you can use any type of hop because the hop flavor shouldn't be very evident. It's just you're looking for the bitterness. Um, ABV, you're looking for 4.2 to 5.6 range. Commercial examples are Genesee, Cream Ale, Little Kings from Hudipole up in uh, up in Cincinnati area. Anderson Valley and what Chris is drinking. Um, Anderson Spoilers. I thought you already Spoilers. said. Um, Anderson Valley Summer Solstice Cerveza Crema. Uh, Slender Man. No. Sleeman. Sleeman. Sleeman Cream Ale. <laughs> um, the Slender one man. that's probably the Slender most. Slender Man Cream Ale. Um, <laughs> the most talked about probably on this list is New Glarus's Spotted mm -hmm. Cow. Yeah. Um, I think they're Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. From Wisconsin Brewery. I see a ton and, of people. Uh, White Tail Cream Ale. ton of people checking into that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those are those are actually some really good cream ales uh, on that list. The Nuclearis is is as far as craft goes, like that's highly regarded. Casey, you know what else is a cream ale? What's a cream ale? Maduk. El Coco. El Coco is a cream ale. You got it. It is, but uh, and we'll never see its like again. Flavored cream ale. Yeah. My neighbors are wondering what's going on down here. Yeah. Uh, the three. So I just clicked on your your link there that was added in. Um, I, I I really like the look of this page. I'm just yeah, I do too. Because um, oh, yeah, yeah. they give you everything. <laughs> so they're saying uh, your glassware and serving temperature. You should probably serve a cream ale in a flute glass at forty to forty five degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, just look at exactly that. Exactly what Casey's doing. Look at that right there. Of. That's amazing. I I just picked this because I said it looks like that would taste good in that style glass. See, mm. you were on it. I'm drinking mine straight from the bottles for a specific <laughs> reason. Um, I want, I want some mild shellfish, some Monterey Jack, and some lemon custard tart now. Right. Mm. I'll take that, that shellfish and cheese. Yeah. So for that's sure. that's what oh, the uh, yeah. this website. This is from craftbeer.com, um, which has a lot of good articles and stuff too. Anyway. And but... their commercial examples. Hey, look what's number one. El Soli. El Soli from Twenty First Amendment Brewery, which oh. you can I'll... watch us drink next weekend. Also yeah. on the list, Spotted Cow. Of course, yep. yeah. Delicious. I, now, I've not heard of the third one. Spotted though. Cow, like, when I was trying to, like, research, like, you know, like, what the, the best rated beers on uh, uh, Beer Advocate, the only proper <laughs> uh, beer rating source you can find, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, New Glarus uh, came up a lot. Yeah. Like the, oh, the yeah. They were... Spotted Cow was, like, their... their Everyone says if you if you want a cream ale, this is where you go. Yeah, when I was yeah. rooting around at uh, at Party Source, uh, the nuclear stuff is pretty much what I was finding. Yeah, but and I, the Genesee. I'm gonna put this link on the show notes too. I just I think it's a nice little visual breakdown of exactly what you can expect for this type this style. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very on the low end and pale end of the spectrum. Yeah, and if you like cream ales, you might also enjoy 
English style sweet stouts or milk stouts, and Vienna style lagers. Do. Indeed. I do. Yes. I do enjoy those. I'm just a little ruined on cream ales. All right. Um, I <laughs> think that's wrapping up the major portion of content. So, what's everybody drinking? Drink with me, friend. Uh, no. I'm <laughs> I'm drinking Lacroix, so I am. No, I'm, Brittany, you're supposed to drink with us, I friend. I know, I know. Um, I've just had some stomach problems all day, so I've just been having a crap ton of seltzer water. So <laughs> I'm having a blackberry cucumber Lacroix, and it's very tasty. All, all right. right, go to someone more interesting. Justin, <laughs> regalus. So I've honestly moved on past the first beer I've had now. Oh um, yeah, I've no doubt. Be, uh, yeah, no doubt. I because expect Brittany, no as the sober one, has been able to to chart the the. I see the bottles the stacking up we've... over here. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? I see the bottles of him his stuff stacking up over here. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I started. I'll go ahead and talk about both I'm having right now. But uh, uh, the first I had was from uh from Schlafly, the unfortunately named brewery for when you've been drinking. <laughs> yeah. Schlafly. Uh. I grabbed some of their uh, coconut creme L. I say creme because there's an accent. <laughs> creme. Uh, creme. Uh, no. Um, it's a uh, it's a cream ale. It's at 5.5 AB, uh, ABV, 15 IBU. Uh, it's got a, a beer advocate score of uh, 82%. Um, you know, I don't have the description for them. Let me do a little bit of talking. While I try to look that up. Yep, this is a very subtle and easy to find transition. Well, I okay, so we are the ones who suggested the because you gave you gave us choices for the initial yeah. first beer, and I, we went with coconut. I'm very intrigued to get the your impression of this because coconut's hit or miss for me on beer. Um, as far as like I've had like the coconut um, like stouts and stuff like that. I've really had it a lot in ales. So I'm kind of uh, interested to see how that goes. No, I actually I really like uh, I really liked it. It, it. it it the the coconut gave it an extra little little flavor that I found particularly particularly mm. delicious. It, it 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 flavors up the cream ale a little bit more than than you're you're used to seeing. The bottle and uh, trying to find the cream ale on Schlafly's site and they are not being very helpful. <laughs> It doesn't seem to exist. With that in mind, it's it's pretty good. Uh, I I actually really enjoy it. Uh, if you have the means, <laughs> go right ahead. Um, the other one I broke into as the episode has gone on um, is one that I know for a fact. Me and Casey have both had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at. Uh, we went and toured uh, the Alltech Brewery, home of the Kentucky. Uh, bourbon barrel and the Kentucky ale and the Kentucky bourbon barrel ale, but they had a Kentucky cream, ale, a vanilla barrel cream ale. Mm. Uh, this is this is really delicious. Now that said, I I am partial to vanilla, mm. uh, so it's it's a flavor I particularly enjoy. But this is this has been really nice at the end of the end of thing. Uh, but it's it's. Kind of a stark contrast because the coconut ale has a it's weird to describe color in terms of light and dark but it has a darker flavor where this one is a bit more light and a little bit a little bit more uh 
easy drinking maybe i don't know they're both pretty easy to, to down but if i had to pick one i would probably drink more vanilla barrel in a session not that i prefer it to the other i'm just saying it's it's, it's a faster drink it's probably a little, yeah <laughs> coconuts always you have to be in the zone for coconut i think um, yeah. I did find the description for that one on uh, Untapped oh. actually has it. Oh, okay. Uh, it says our tropical twist on an American style wheat ale created by fermenting with coconuts and pineapples, then aged on toasted coconut flakes, yielding a light colored dessert beer that's sweet, smooth, and malty. Hmm. Uh, everything yeah, about no, that sounds great. The weird thing is, couldn't find the beer on their website. That's so strange. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Chris, what are you drinking? Hmm. Oh. Uh, as was spoiled earlier, I am drinking <laughs> Little Kings, which I proudly drink because they make you feel like a giant. No, like they're a giant? <clears throat> like a giant. <laughs> no, uh, Little Kings comes in... Oh, let me let me check her out. 5.5% uh, ABV. It's brewed by the Hootapool Scholing Brewing Company, uh, Original Cream Ale. Uh I'm pretty sure it's a pre-Prohibition beer. If not, then it's right after Prohibition that actually started originally being brewed. Um, it went out of production for a long time, and then some other brewery picked it up as a brand uh, just by name. It was brewed originally in Cincinnati, Ohio, and in 2006, uh, Moreline, when they were brought back from the dead, they started bringing back old uh, Cincinnati breweries, and they brought back Hootapole, and then uh, of the Shoaling uh, brands, they decided to bring back Little Kings. And it's amazing. It's in seven-ounce bottles. So if you're, in case you're wondering why you feel like a giant, it's because they're, it's just a regular like shape of a beer bottle, only it's only seven ounces. Uh, it just, it just, Your hand just encompasses big, it. don't you? That, that's how, you want to know what Andre the Giant felt like? It's like I've got like a stack of six of them here. And I feel fine. <laughs> so it's like no. In fairness, in fairness, if you gave Andre the Giant Little Kings, he would drink a whole keg. No, you can't buy it in anything short of eight packs. No, I'm saying that the amount that Andre the Giant oh. could drink. Yeah, it comes in like eight packs, and then from there you just buy it by the case. <laughs> Which is Brittany uh, got used to coming home in college because my check-in says as much. Uh, it tastes like college. She would come home from work while I was still in college, and me and Ian would just be, like, on the couch, and there would be the coffee table covered end-to-end -end in Little King's bottles. And if it wasn't you can Little King's... You can buy a keg of Little King's for 60 bucks. Sure. <laughs> Quarter am, barrel keg. 80, 12-ounce Little King's. I'm not surprised. Yeah, this... It just tastes like college all up in here. I am... So the brewer description, uh, had to do some rooting around to find this. It is not easy to find, and their website's kind of funny. Uh, Little King's original cream ale follows the same tried-and-true recipe that has delighted the masses since 1958. So there you go. It's old, but not quite prohibition old. Uh, the nostalgia and intrigue surrounding those seven-ounce green bottles ties us all together. <laughs> intrigue, like there's some sort of like mass conspiracy about tiny well, bottles. Well, they sell it next to everywhere I've seen it. It's always sold next to the Mickey's. So you've got to take a second look. And be like, wait, is that malt liquor or is it beer? The Mickey's. They're slipping you a Mickey. <laughs> We're all citizens of Scholing, Scholingville. God, what? What? What would they do that? 
Oh, as regular as the bottles and 12-ounce Slim King cans, of which I tried to find and couldn't find any. Uh, what's inside is special to Cream Ales, one of the only two truly American styles of beer. That's kind of changed. Uh, though a top-fermented ale, Cream Ales are still kin to American lagers. Light, refreshing, with a hint of malt and hops. Little King's original Cream Ale has a smooth body and texture with a slightly sweet finish. Bam. I will say that. Yep. It's good. Um, it's not really that great if you go to Beer Advocate. Uh, it has a Beer Advocate score of only 71. It's okay. I mean, it's not It's not a beer you're going to like, you know, oh, finally I found the Little Kings. I'm going to drink on this forever. Yeah. I like, yeah. There's nothing about IBUs with this anywhere. It's probably zero. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even hop it. They yeah, just... th- it doesn't taste like a hop got anywhere near this. But they're, I mean, if just for just for the hoot to get the seven ounce bottles, of which I've got a few frozen ones in front of me because we bought them right before we started recording. I threw them in the freezer and I was like, no, I'll have two warm and then I'll get two cool and two that'll be nice and cold. And then no, that was that math was off. These last two have been frozen and just foaming up and <laughs> they've been cream ale sickles. All right, Casey, what are you drinking? So um, I started with a cream ale. So I went with uh, the Kawanda from Pelican Brewing Company in Oregon. It made the trip back with me nice. um, from Oregon back over here. And prohibition style cream ale. So this isn't actually part of the standard beers because it's actually one of the highly sought after cream ales, but it's pre-prohibition style and not the standard um cream ale uh, because it does have 25 ibus and abv of 5.4 but it does have a ba score of 83 um really good beer um so i'm i'm really pleased with this one it's it's as far as if you're looking for something on a hot day it is the go-to if you're looking for something on a cold day and it which is, and it is not cool in this part of the country oh, God, no. not right now oh no um which is why my next beer is probably it would be better six months from now uh, but i'm drinking another beer that made it the trip across the country with me um the ninkazi brewing triple uh from their rare and delicious series Ooh. uh belgian style triple l coming in at 9.2 percent and uh 35 ibus another middle of the road 84 score um and no, the road sounds dismissive. Like, I mean, no, the road would, if you're grading it by like school, it's like that's, seventy that's something. If you're grading it B. by what would make sense, it'd be like fifty something. Uh, maybe it's a little bit higher. It's eighty-four. Either way, use your BA score meter to <laughs> determine how that ranks up to you. <laughs> but um, much, much uh, more flavorful, much more um, alcoholic. And so, you know, maybe not the greatest for this time of year. Yeah, a little heavy. Yeah, I'm I'm not really reaching for big stouts, even though I'm getting ready to go for some barrel aged. Well, I mean, I don't know. We got a bottle shot right after this, so. All right. Well, I mean, we had a lot more to talk about than we thought. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, yeah. guys. We uh, we read we were able to reach deep and really pull out uh, pull out the BS on this one. All right. Are we ready to record? Because I still haven't done an audio episode in forever. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. We we still had, did you hit record yet? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh well. Shit. <laughs> <Dang it. laughs>
All right. So you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. Follow us at Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Please rate the show on iTunes and go to haveadrinkshow.com to find us on YouTube, where you can see the show that we do every off week there. So, yeah, if you want to keep up with us, you, you can keep your every week content coming and you can watch us in the flesh get drunk live. <laughs> or watch us after the fact and watch us get drunk on video in the past. We get to live. see three beautiful human beings and then my misshapen form. Oh, uh, and then you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Uh, you can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com. You can also just use the feedback page on the website if that works too. Yes, uh, all joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. Uber, Lyft, I don't care what you got to do. Don't drink and drive. Pew, pew, pew. I'm giving the guns. I don't know why. It's like lock yourself in your house and drink alone like a good alcoholic. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, but not to excess because that's how people die. Mm, yes. Mm. Save those livers. Okay. Um, so check us out again next uh, next Sunday, actually, for the next video episode and one uh, another couple of weeks for the next audio. Uh, once again, I'm Brittany Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Chris Walker. And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.